Hey there, welcome to Dirt Rich, seasonal conversations about food and farming. I'm Jared Lumen, the Soil Health Lead for the Sustainable Farming Association. I'm really excited for today's discussion because it's a discussion that's very relevant to where I am in my own farming journey. We're gonna discuss financing options specifically for young and beginning farmers like me. What are the challenges and what are the options? And since I'm not an expert at all, I brought in a couple. We'll be talking with Chris Fitzloff from Compeer Financial and Paul Peterson with Farm Service Agency. Before we get into the details, why don't we start with a little bit of introductions. Chris, we'll start with you. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you do and how you got into ag financing. Uh, I'm a financial officer for Compeer Financial, formerly AgStar, and been with the farm credit system for about 14 years. Uh, I worked in agribusinesses growing up, uh, had some families, uh, agribusinesses, and uh, didn't have an avenue to, to start farming on my own, so the next best thing was uh, financing farmers. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. And Paul, same questions for you. Uh, tell us about yourself and, and how you got into egg finance. Uh, so I am the farm loan manager for the Farm Service Agency located out of Mankato, Minnesota cover nine counties um, in south, south central Minnesota. Got into it because uh, I also farm. And uh, when I was looking at uh, after the military of what I could do and still farm, uh, it was accounting and ag finance. And I uh, actually got a loan through FSA and the farm loan manager at the time said, well, maybe you should apply to work here. And that's what I did. And uh, roundabout story actually I'm holding his position in this office right now so it's uh, wow. kind of full circle there yeah funny how life just kind of gets us where we need to be at the right time sometimes it it all works out perfectly but that's great what kind of farm do you have uh cash crop corn soybeans awesome. is what uh currently do uh we tried peas for the first time this year um they did all right you know not as great as I was hoping but the heat uh, didn't help out in that area but I actually started farming out of the military, uh, raising just uh, dairy steers, baby calves, because that was the way I could afford to start and wow. took a lot less capital, a lot more labor. And that's kind of how I got rolling. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks. I'm excited to talk to both of you and I appreciate you taking some time to talk to me. But Paul, I'd be curious from your perspective, just to start us off, why is financing so important in agriculture specifically? Uh, agriculture is a capital intensive uh, industry so it, it takes a lot of money to farm Mar regardless of the margins how good or how poor they are uh, it really does take a lot of capital equipment's expensive um, land if you're with livestock you still have to run the livestock across acres and, and that itself is expensive to either own or rent in a lot of instances yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's so true and something I've seen here. Uh, as I look for land or possibly to try and get my own start in agriculture, it's pretty overwhelming sometimes when you look at all those costs, especially a start, startup cost, but not only a startup cost, but your annual operating costs. They're all really kind of large, but just because you need that money doesn't mean that it's always that easy to get the money. So Chris, what are, what do you see as some of the biggest challenges associated with getting that financing that we need, especially related to young and beginning farmers? 
Yeah, I'd echo some of the things Paul said as well. You know, lack of net worth, um, collateral cash, uh, you know, being that it is a capital intensive situation, like Paul was saying, uh, you know, to try to run the size and scope of many of our farmers' operation as a young farmer, uh, there's just so many hurdles in the way. Uh, so, you know, it takes cash, it takes collateral, it takes all those things. Uh, we always see them running a little short on that. So that's mm -hmm. why we need to use some of our more creative options to get that done. Sure, sure. Yeah. It's I'd like to, oh, I say, I'd like to add too, I think one of the most important things is experience. Mm. Um, if, when everybody's willing or, or, or you're going to take that leap or that jump and you're asking somebody else to follow along with you, um, if you just have some experience um, operating, um, maybe you only rented, maybe it's at a smaller scale, but at least there's some history there and, and you can have something to go back to and say, this is how I performed on these acres or this many head um, instead of, well, I'm thinking I will be able to do this X, Y, Z, or my yields will be this. Um, but you're asking somebody to put out a lot of money, borrow a lot of money when you maybe don't have the net worth or the collateral. Mm -hmm. If you have some experience, at least you can draw from that and show that, you know, sure. I can prove I have performed at this level. Yeah. Yeah. And so I suppose that that makes a lot of sense, especially as a beginning farmer coming out of school. We may think we know it all. I mean, we just, you know, we've got the degree to back it up, but there's a lot to learn yet. Uh, and I've learned that in just my short period of time uh, farming for the last five years. The, the more I know or the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. Uh, and so that along with that overwhelming, uh, you know, large startup cost, I can definitely see um, how it can be challenging for a young and beginning farmer. Um, and I'm curious, like both of you have probably worked with dozens, hundreds, thousands of farmers over your your uh, career, I'm not even sure how many, have you seen any unique ways that farmers have kind of overcome that, um, overcome that challenge, that issue of, you know, reducing or even eliminating their startup, their need for startup financing or operating financing? I don't know about eliminating, um, reducing there's, you know, if you have support from neighbors, um, parents, grandparents, best friend, um, we tend to work a lot with the young and beginning farmers um, utilizing somebody else's machinery in exchange for labor. So established farmer A has the machinery but lacks talented labor in their operation. And that's a way that, you know, it can be kind of a barter system that, you know, I'll help you on your farm. And then in exchange, you'll help and provide some equipment, maybe at a reduced cost or, you know, it could be dollar for dollar. You're going to pay me so much an hour and then in return i'll pay you so much for use of your equipment and it can become a washer maybe you'll owe a little bit or maybe they'll owe you a little bit but i'd say that's probably the most common there are some grants that i've heard of uh, they're fewer and far between um to my knowledge anyway but i'd, I'd say that's probably the most common that i see I would say, you know, one, one big way that I see with small farmers uh, and young farmers is getting into some different custom work options, you know, where there's a, you know, it, it might be a multi-generational farm and, you know, they might be paying for manure hauling or paying for uh, some baling, uh, some different things like that. They'll, you know, that 
it all fits in with the cash flow to buy that equipment. And now the family can keep it all, you know, kind of keep it all inside with the, uh, with the other generations that are coming up. Um, and it gives them a little leg up to build some equity. Uh, the farm is basically paying, paying rent for that equipment in a roundabout way. Uh, gives them a way to just get going a little bit. Um, I, I would say most of my farmers, young farmers, all start in some sort, some form of custom, um, custom hire. Sure, sure. I suppose, yeah. When when you're starting off, maybe you picked up a forty-acre farm for rent, or you're lucky and you got an eighty or a quarter section, and you got to go out and buy a lot of that, you know, upfront equipment. You know, your planter, your tractor, your tillage equipment, harvester. It can make it pretty difficult to justify on a small chunk of land. But if you can run it over other farmers' acres not even, and also you're eliminating a lot of that risk um, involved with farming because they're going to pay you whether the, that year works out profitably or if it gets hailed out, you're getting a custom rate either way. So that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and do you work with many small farms that, you know, maybe even niche farms beyond uh, cropping and livestock farms that are maybe you know, really don't need a lot of that large scale equipment that are making a go of it in agriculture by producing high value crops and or anything like that? Or is maybe you don't see them as much because they're able to do it without financing? I guess I see a lot of that in the uh, livestock realm more often, you know, where you can take a small building site, um, you know, you've already got it, you're paying for that regardless. Uh, and, you know, build some fences, bring in some, uh, some livestock on a smaller scale. Um, you know, and then with that livestock industry, you know, that homegrown thing has been really popular, especially this year. Mm -hmm. um, it, people like to know where their where their animals are coming from uh, when they're when they're eating them. So uh, that's been a big deal. Uh, and then the specialty crops on the other side, you know, if you have these small acreages, you know, a lot of people want to buy a, a building site in, on 40 acres. You know, you just don't have a lot of uh, opportunity with a regular cash crop. Um, so we're seeing more experimenting all the time. Uh, with different avenues to to make some money. I've seen uh, a, a little bit on the, some of the specialty farmers market. Um, uh, what is it? HSAs? Yeah, HSAs. Um, I would say it's a lot. And, and a lot of that is just due to they don't need a lot of capital. We've done some, you know, for some smaller tractors or even walk behind equipment. Uh, but as far as operating costs, HSAs they pay up front and that helps fund to put that crop in for those individuals. So I don't know that we have, but definitely smaller operations. We've done quite a few smaller operations, um, or maybe it's just 20 acres or five head of cattle uh, that they're going to run in pasture for the summer. Yeah, we do have a youth loan program um, for miners, actually uh, for their 4-H projects or not just uh you know like you're gonna uh, sh show one pig but maybe they're gonna buy a cow and then they're gonna show the calf and then try and build their herd that way um so we do have a program out there for that also that's really neat is there some i'm curious about some of the things you've seen people use that for have you seen creative i don't young kids and how old are these kids when they're doing that i Makes, sometimes when I hear some of these stories of young farmers doing that, it makes me feel like I was a slacker back in the day because you, I know when you go to a National FFA convention and you see some of these high school kids who have built up massive herds, it had to start somewhere and it maybe started with something like that, like a youth loan. Um, we've seen some herds, um, more the show animals. I mean, it's, a, it's like a dairy farmer whose um, kids would like to buy some a heifer 
Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they'll, they'll build on that genetics and then they'll, they'll sell off in some, some of the genetics. Um, we had one where they, um, they built round bale haulers is what this kid did. So um, he applied for grants for uh, some of the equipment and then we helped finance uh, some of the materials um, through the program. Um, it was a little non-conventional. He also had a livestock operation, so that's how we could kind of we just made a machinery loan more or less. Sure. Wow. And then as he sold them, he just kind of grew and then went to college and that kind of <laughs> quit doing it when he went to college. But he actually went to college to uh, be an engineer, so kind of wow. all fit fit well there. Yeah, that's that's got to be cool to see what probably started in some of that experience that you guys helped make possible turn into someone's career. That's, that's really cool. Kind of as we talk about this, all the different sizes and scales and types of farms and what they produce, it makes me wonder like how you guys as, as uh, lenders look at all these loans. I mean, you can, you can look just at dairy farms, you know, two dairy farms and think that, oh, they're dairy farms. They're probably the same, but one may have 50 cows and the other may have 5,000 cows. And one may produce all their feed and the other may buy all their feed. And one may custom do all the work and the other may do all the work. And there's so many different variables in agriculture and that's just dairy. You know, when you start looking between livestock species or livestock and crops or crops and vegetables, how do you guys look at an application or an applicant um, and say, you know, what do you need to see? You know, what do you need to see from these people and how do you analyze those different operations? I would say, you know, regardless of what you're doing, what type of operation you have or would like to have good records. Um, everybody has, uh, you make money, everybody makes money some way and then uh, they spend their money somewhere. Um, maybe it's not egg related today, but that's a, it's a good basis that everybody can start with is, you know, am I tracking where my money's coming from and where it's going? And then as their situation or operation changes, um, their financials will change with it. So if you can get that good baseline um, financial understanding, because that's really what differentiates, uh, I think, success from maybe not as successful. Um, for the most part, the market has weeded out people that cannot grow things. If you cannot grow, you will not be around very long, um, but the ones that know their numbers, cost of production, can do good planning, that really sets them apart um, from their peers. And you know, everybody has the ability, if you're 16, balancing a checkbook's a good way to start. And then you can just grow with that. All right, so I balance my checkbook, now what am I spending my money on? Because if you don't know where your money goes, you can't manage it. And then they'll start off with that. And, you know, like I said, as you add a crop or maybe some livestock, well then, well, how, how did that one do? How much am I making per head? What's that feed cost per head or per acre um, or per unit, whatever you're doing. And that really, I think, uh, helps set the, the tone for that next part of, now I wanna expand and I'm basing my expansion on this information because I, I have a history of tracking this or, this is what I've performed in the past. And then, you know, it's just a multiplier effect. Well, if I did it on five acres and now I'm going to do it on 20. It's a little easier for them to handle and then for us to buy into, I guess. Sure. Sure. Chris, do you have anything to add on, on that when you look at different operations and all their unique, you know, 
aspects of each farm, how you analyze between them when you're looking at giving them a loan? Yeah, we do a lot of general benchmarking and, you know, comparing between farms, uh, but that only goes so far. You know, when, when I'm sitting down looking at uh, an applicant, I, I want to look at how organized are they and do they have a willingness to learn, especially on the, for our young farmers. You know, that's kind of part of the program is, um, you know, one of the things that Paul mentioned earlier was they're lacking a little bit of experience. That's a big deal. You know, we all, we all understand experience better as we move through life. And then the next thing I'm looking for is some sort of a business plan. You know, why do you want to do what you want to do? And then how do you think that you can make it a profitable endeavor? How do you think that you can, you can help, uh, help us understand how you're going to work through that? and uh, give us an understanding and, uh, and uh, some safety as far as understanding that you're going to be able to, to work through that, that projection. Okay, sure. Are there any specific, and you kind of touched on a couple of those with the business plan and, and some records, but specific numbers, specific forms, you know, that the farmers should have prepared when they come, uh, come to you and, and I don't know, specific ratios or, things that you would look for that they should have prepared when they come to you? Uh, one of, one of our, uh, I just wanted to touch on one of our big resources that I think Paul and I both utilize quite a bit is the farm business management program. Uh, they, uh, they operate out of some of our uh, uh, technical colleges and uh, they are great resources. They help, uh, they help some of these young farmers. Sometimes it's even required um, by the lender uh, to work with these folks. Uh, they really help, help the farmer organize. They look at it as schooling. They want to help you understand your financials and, and, and put them together in a format that uh, is you know, easy for us to look at and make decisions. Uh, so I think that's a huge deal. And uh, you know, I think Paul can maybe address some of the specifics that we're looking at. Yeah, I agree with Chris. Farm business management or adult farm business management is a great resource. Um, and like you said, uh, Sometimes we require it, other lenders. Um, Minnesota RFA requires it um, in some of their programs um, because everybody believes that strongly in it. A balance sheet, uh, you know, everybody should have a balance sheet. If you're breathing, you have something to put on the balance sheet. Uh, and understanding that balance sheet, what it means, I usually tell farmers or applicants that they should do it for them, not for me. I'm gonna require you to do it, but at the end of the day, it's a tool like a crescent wrench, you can use it as a hammer, a pry bar. Um, I mean, it's a multiverse tool, but at the end of the day, it's still a wrench. Um, so just use those those financials as another way of helping explain to us and, and, and sell your idea of why it's a good idea for us to borrow money to you in, in your endeavor. That's just one aspect and that goes along with the cash flows. Um, so if it's, we'll just use crops. If it's some crop, you'll have production. You're, you're going to grow X amount of bushels or X amount of pounds of something. How did you get that number? You know, I, I usually ask the why is more important than the number on there is like, how did you get to that number? Because, you know, um, I guess I could, I could put any number on there to make it work. So it's important to know the why or have a, background for the numbers that you're using and a rationale of that you've thought about it. You've actually thought this through. It builds a lot more confidence in us if you've done your own work. So those are great 
great points and great uh, resources to bring in things like your balance sheet, things like your, your records. Um, we kind of talked earlier about how for young and beginning farmers, those are sometimes lacking and sometimes missing as, as those uh, like the balance sheet might not look too great or the records may not have that much detail. So is that, you know, how much does a lending organization like Compure or FSA look at the character of the individual um, specifically when, especially when they're lacking a lot of those numbers, is that something that they look really heavily into Is this individual someone, or is it more so just a, you know, a numbers game? And Chris, I, you know, I know you mentioned a little bit about the character, you know, why don't you start off with that? Yeah. Character is one of the most important things I look for. Um, you know, in a lot of cases, I know the family um, understand you know, who the applicant is and, you know, kind of what their situation was growing up. Um, and it's kind of their step into farming. Uh, so that's important. And then, you know, we actually have a whole uh, loan process that's called a character loan, uh, where I have the ability to just based on character, even if we're lacking in some of the, uh, you know, in, in a credit score, or owner equity or cap working capital, some of the main metrics that we look at, uh, we relax our standards and just, uh, just purely look at, at a character situation and uh, we can approve, you know, on the sm uh, smaller loans for that purpose. Uh, that helps get a leg up. Uh, it's kind of a, a prove it mentality. You know, we're going to, we're going to put some capital out there for you, you know, prove that you can make it work so we can get you into our normal um, approval process in our system. And um, you know, it's just, it's a, it's another step into, uh, just getting them started. That's what we've been talking about along the way here. It's just a, it's a struggle to get, to get people going. And hopefully once we give them a little leg up and get them going, uh, you know, they'll hit the ground running. Uh, so yeah, that, that loan program has been really uh, a positive deal. We do not quite have the ability to do that. Uh, our rules are a little bit more stringent uh, when it comes to that. That being said, we, we the government takes a lot of risk. Um, with young and beginning farmers, we're one of the few organizations that will use a second mortgage for real estate as primary security. Um, I don't know of really any other lender that would do that or, or has the ability to do that. And maybe they do. Um, we're the only ones that's, or I'm, FSA is the only ones I see that actually do that. So I wouldn't say that financials are, or your, your given financial situation, we don't fault you. Everybody has to start somewhere. So we don't necessarily hold that against you. We spend a lot of our time planning and that's where my focus tends to be a lot on your plan. Where did you, how did, how did you come up with your plan? Hopefully you come to me and you have a plan um, and you've thought that much through, um, but it, maybe you don't own anything. That's okay. We can, we can live with that. Um, we'll help you get started, but come with a plan. Um, that's that's the best advice I can give you because it's easier to sell me if, if you can, you know, you've looked into it and then you should be confident because at the end of the day, I don't pay the bill. You do, you know, that applicant has to make that payment. It's their operation. We look, uh, or I look at us as just trying to help guide you to what you want to do. Your, your end goal, we're going to help guide you there and provide whatever resources we can and have available to us. But it's, it's really their, uh, responsibility to execute, come up with the plan because it's, it's their operation. Sure. Sure. One thing I would add on our character loan process is I, I look at that as a stepping stone to maybe 
get to the point where we'll utilize FSA. You know, it's just a, it's just kind of testing the waters a little bit, getting an understanding of how the lender works. And I think it helps with that next step process because uh, more, more often than not, you know, the next step would be using FSA, RFA, some of the, some of the uh, government programs that we, we utilize quite often. Okay. So those programs now that you're talking about, that's kind of leads in well to my next question. You mentioned your, your character loan that probably sounds like a good fit for a young and beginning farmer who maybe doesn't have those extra finances, but what, are there any other programs or, or loan programs or something specifically that either of yours, uh, your, your institutions offer specifically to young farmers, um, be it financial loan programs or maybe educational programs or experience, you know, any sort of programs that could be beneficial to a farmer. Yeah, I'm, I'm part of our groundbreaker committee. Uh, we do groundbreaker seminars, meetings throughout the year. Uh, we call it groundbreaker. It's the young beginning farmer program. Uh, been, we've had a, a special program um, for young farmers ever since I started. Uh, what we're looking to do is educate. Uh, so we've got a website set up where there's lots of different resources. Um, and then we'll put on the seminars. And then we also, are, as far as our loan programs go, uh, we'll relax our standards for young farmers. You know, anybody that's under 35 or just getting started, um, we're gonna relax the standards and maybe not, we aren't gonna look at the, uh, the same core standards that we'd look at if you were an established farmer, uh, you know, for 20 years. So there again, gives them a little leg up, you know, um, just gets them going. And we, we obviously, as we're doing that process, we expect them to make progress along the way. So uh, those programs have been, you know, really beneficial over the years too, as again, possibly a stepping stone or in conjunction with, um, you know, some of the FSA tools and, and um, resources there. And I would, uh, I would have to say, um, again, we don't have, uh, our standards are, I don't want to say super relaxed, but we don't, uh, we don't use your credit score against you. Um, we look at repayment. So if you have a history of paying people when you say you're gonna pay them, that's a big thing. Um, we do, for real estate loans, you have to have three years of farm management experience. And this is again where it comes into, uh, maybe try renting some ground or run, run some cattle before you wanna buy that feedlot. Make sure that's really what you wanna do and that, that you have the core knowledge to be successful at it. Um, you, you don't wanna spend half a million dollars to find out you didn't like it. You know, you don't, a real estate loan's a long-term loan. An operating loan can be just one year. You know, it, it could be five, it could be seven, but at the end of the day, we would like to see you kind of grow into that. Like Chris said, prove to us that, that you have what it takes to be successful. Rent some ground and then grow from there. Um, you know, don't buy the line of equipment before you got the land. Because you'll have some people that'll, I want three head of cattle, but then I also want 150,000, 200,000 of equipment for those five head of cattle. Well, maybe you can, you know, do a little bit more manual labor, one piece of equipment, grow the herd, which will help pay for that equipment um, and, and keep growing your business that way. But it's usually easier to start out small because some of your supplemental income, um, jobs, day jobs, uh, like I have. Um, help pay for that uh, and can help move you forward to the next level of what you're looking to do. 
the uh, I hear the new X9 combine has massaging seats, and I know I don't have the <laughs> land to justify it, but I really want it. So. <laughs> but I guess that's good to know. I won't look into that quite yet. That's a future future goal. <laughs> um, well, thanks for both of your your experience and your your comments on all that. But do you have you know? I'm curious how many farmers like you have worked with, and do you have any cool success stories that you can think of off the top of your head some farmer that maybe came in like you talked about with nothing and, and now is you know large successful operation what, what kind of cool success stories have you seen well we have quite a few i mean there, there's one i don't know that they'd be large but uh i did have one borrower who really started out very small few head of cattle um bought a round baler you know, just slowly grew and then I had a farm accident, wasn't able to do their day job and um, they they really wanted to farm and it wasn't, could have, uh, probably could have done a disability thing, you know, and just not done it, but that wasn't the character of this person and, and really wanted to continue on and be successful. So farming um, was actually a good option uh, in the livestock industry and they had worked for other people that grew what he was going to grow. He, he was going to do it for free. He just wanted to make sure he could physically do it before he made that next step. And, and that's really, again, went to his character. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not just going to find somebody to help finance it and hope it works out. Went out and did all the legwork, was finding properties to help this happen, uh, growers to, you know, uh, help put livestock in his facilities. And, and, you know, to this day, he's, paid ahead of time. It's kind of growing the operations, families growing, um, just all around. I mean, it's one of those things that make you feel good. We we're of course, we don't make any money doing what I do. Um, we're not there to make money. We're there to see people be successful. And, and that's one of those to me, you know, size doesn't always measure success, Absolutely. but for them, they're successful. Yeah. yeah it makes you feel good. It makes help helps, uh, helps with that next one. You know, that's kind of the positive can do. And, mm-hmm look forward to that yeah that's awesome i know for me as a young farmer trying to get into this it's it's just so cool and and inspiring to hear those stories those are some of my favorite stories to hear is you know any you know one person can do it with their given set of challenges that there's no reason i can't too and with a little hard work and you know determination you know these things can happen chris do you have any cool stories that you've witnessed or experienced yeah, I've got a, you know, most of my stories kind of fall in a similar bucket. Um, you know, I, I deal with a lot of multi-generational farms and uh, one of the hardest things right now, uh, you know, margins are tight. Um, you know, there's not necessarily enough room to bring in another generation. So, um, you know, Paul and I are strategizing with these farmers on, you know, how do we, how can we get you into something that is low capital? but yet you can start earning some money. You know, most of these guys probably have a non-farm job as well. Um, and their, their thought process is they'd like to be a full-time farmer someday and take over the farm. Uh, being that there's not as, as much money to go around, you know, we're, we're, we're looking for those opportunities where we can grow a little livestock or do a little custom work, uh, just start building some equity, buy some equipment that could, you know, eventually be uh, put to use on the farm. Uh, in the future. So, you know, all of those, we, I've, I've got a long list of clients that have started that way and now they're either fully running the operation and, you know, dad and grandpa have retired or 
um, you know, it, it, it just helps them slide into the operation a little more smooth. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I, uh, I really appreciate both your time uh, today. Before we go, I'm, is there anything I missed? Anything that you would want to share? Last words of wisdom for a, or, you know, words of wisdom or advice for a, a guy getting started or, or thinking about getting started? Before Internet's we... your friend. Um, we have farmers.gov talks about our programs. They have a parent, uh, they have a new farmers.usda.gov. Um, Minnesota Department of Ag has a has a website with their resources. Uh, yeah, there's there's just lots of resources out there. Um, given the whole uh, current climate, I guess you could say, uh, internet seems to be the way to go for a lot of things. At least a good starting point. Pick up the phone. Um, we'd be happy to to talk with you. Um, give us a call your or your local FSA office a call, um, and, and the farm loan official would be happy to talk to you again. Um, that, that's what our job is, is to try to assist in areas. And, and if we can't, maybe you don't qualify for some reason. Um, we won't just stop there. We'll tell you what does it take and what can you do to help you qualify to do what you want to do or, or better your chances to um, do what you want to do. So we, we just don't say, oh, you don't qualify. I say, well, you can do this to help your, your situation because our goal is to get you if farming is your dream we want to help you try and accomplish that you know i think probably the biggest thing that i look for is i want to be the trusted advisor or one of the main trusted advisors for my clients so i think it is uh, important to partner with somebody you can trust and um you know that's willing to give candid feedback i mean after all we are talking about finances with which is a big part of life um and uh you know we want to make some good decisions along the way and uh, i think it's important to know who you're dealing with and, and make sure you can trust them. So I, I know I can echo that for a lot of our loan officers at, uh, at Compere as well. Well, thank you both so much. I, I really appreciate your time and your, your wisdom and insight. I, I know I feel more educated and, and have a better understanding of what's available. And I know, and I hope that our listeners will as well. So thank you both. Dirt Rich is produced by the Sustainable Farming Association. We believe that agriculture, done well, heals. For more resources or to tap into the Farmer to Farmer Network, visit us at sfa-mn.org.